Welcome to the Toffee Blues, your source for all things Everton, and welcome to another podcast. Loads to get through tonight, and I'm going to be joined for this one by Teddy McAllister, of course. And a warm welcome to the Toffee Blues for the first time to Rob Astlab. How are you, Rob? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Brilliant, mate. It's great to have you on for the first time, and you now hopefully we can make it a bit more of an eventful show. I mean, it's <laughs> not been much of an eventful transfer window just yet, but we'll, we hope that changes. I definitely, yeah. Yeah, so basically what I'm just going to run through the running order for tonight, we've got two more player performance reviews for last season, first up, and then we'll be looking ahead to next season later on, debating the potential arrival of Napoli midfielder Allen. And then we'll finish with our classic matchday squad quiz, where Rob will experience the Toffee Blues quiz for the first time at the end against Terry. The segments are separate on YouTube, so we'll just introduce them as we go. So let's get started, and I'll introduce the... First player performance review, which is Tom Davis. Start with you, Rob. Davis always appears to be a divisive figure amongst the fan base. How do you think Davis has got on this season? Where do you stand? I don't think he's had the best season, but I'm not going to pin the blame on him because... I think his development's been massively hampered since he first it was a 2016, 2017 when he first came in, in yeah. on the scene. And he was, for me, he was he was playing, you know, just behind the striker there, attacking midfield there. And then slowly but surely, he was, he's been shifted to. I think he played right wing for us at one point. I think he's played. He's, he's played, played right wing back under Ronald Koeman. You know, and and the new Barcelona manager. Yeah, he's been. I know. Yeah, he's been shifted around these positions, which aren't his natural position, and it's just hampered his development. And I think he's, I think he's past the point to say even now. If I'm being honest with you, um, you know we we've tried playing him in a four in a four four two. He's all right when he's got the ball and he's going forward, but he's doing the dirty. He's having to do the dirty work at the minute within this team, and he's not good enough to do that. He's, I don't think he's got the best pace. I think everyone can see that. It's like he's running through sand, um, and. He guarantee the booking or a or a foul, isn't he? And, yeah, he gets booked like pretty much every you game. Know, you know, and I feel bad for him, but I just think I think his time's up for Everton now. To be honest with you, I think it's been I think he's too far gone. That's a real shame because he seems like obviously as a boyhood fan, and that he does strike me as someone who's far more committed to the Everton cause than some of the other players in his position in particular. Yeah, wouldn't again? I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, you know, he's certainly been better than Sigurdsson. He was better than Schneider, in terms of efforts anyway, you know, at least. Um, but he's just he's just not been developed right for me. Um, I thought he maybe could have done with a loan at some, maybe to a championship club, toughen over a little bit, a bit like Mason Holgate did. But unfortunately, we weren't in that position to let him midfield to go um, at, that, at that time. Um, you know, I take me after them. You know, you do get the effort from him, but is he good enough? That is the issue. I think it's a quality thing. Has, has yeah. he got the quality needed to be a top Premier League midfielder? And I think that's very much up for question at the moment. Terry, how how would you think he? Do you think there is a future for Tom Davis here, or is he sort of maybe maybe let it slip this season? I think this season's the season where the the question about you know will Tom Davis make it at Everton's been answered. Like now he's he's at the point where. Um, He's played 100 games for the club now. He reached that milestone this season. And Rob got it right as well. Like, you know, early on in his development, he was hampered a lot by the changing of managers. And, you know, it's still going on. You know, like it's only this season he's had the manager changing again. But now, um, especially since the um, the resumption of games after the lockdown, he actually got that that sort of elusive run in the team where he got a, a succession of like starts in the team. And it was put on, you know, 
he was put front and centre and he was told to stand up for himself. You know, you've got to make this discount. And he failed. He doesn't... He, 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 yeah, he didn't He didn't hold his own at all, did he? No, he, he doesn't... I mean, he wasn't certainly wasn't the only one, but... And, and he certainly, I don't think, was played in his proper position. Like, a lot of people go, what is, what is his position? The only time I've ever seen him thrive at Everton was in that first six months after Schneiderlin arrived. When Schneiderlin was playing the holding role, Idrissa Gay was playing... Um, you know, the mop-up role, and uh, Davies wasn't play- so much playing number 10, but he was, uh, in a middle three, allowed to break forwards and go beyond the last, go beyond the striker as the midfielder. That was where he excelled, but we don't play that system anymore, and even when we did play that system, we had other players in place of him who were, who were doing the numbers. Yeah. Um. So when you look at him in this, in the games he's had this season... As Rob said, his, his efforts not been near the bottom of the, the squad, but his performances have been. He doesn't, he doesn't excel at anything. There's nothing he's good at. Stands out at other than falling over. Like he draws fouls. Like he does, he does draw fouls quite well. Like he, he'll carry the ball and he'll draw a foul from an opposition player. But that's all he's got. He doesn't progress the ball up the pitch. He doesn't tackle well. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't create space. He doesn't, he doesn't do anything. And in a four-four-two. And you can't be a passenger. No, you, you need to, you know, you need to nail down, you know, your role in that, in those two central places in the team. And there's times he was brought on off the bench and he went on the left so to try and, you know, see the game out defensively. And he was woeful at that as well. I historically, I've been a big defender of Tom Davies. Like my one of my first videos for the Toffee Blues, I came on with him. Um, with our Paul, and we had a big Barney over. He was always he was he was a, a doubter for Tom Davies this is three years ago, mind. And I was a defender, and I think I think the jury's in now. I, I lost. He was right. I don't. I don't. I think it's better for his career that he finds a new club, and and you know gets his career going there because he's just not got the level required to take Everton further. Do you think? With, do you think? Do you think? Everton, sorry, do you think Everton could do something more similar to what he did with Leon Osman's development? Leon Osmond spent about three or four years out on loan before he came back and made it as a, you know, made it as a. That's know, a good. A po- that's, a, that's a really good point, actually, Rob. Because yeah, because Osmond I, was twenty three. Yeah, I was a big advocate. Of, yeah, I was a big advocate of Leon Osmond. So maybe you know you look at what that move in the championship did for Holgate. You know, there's a year, six months of a year in the championship. You know, at, at a club where he can excel. Um, you know, and, and he can work on parts of his game without pressure. You know, will that do him any good? And then he comes back and he can be moving as coming as a squad player like Osman originally did. And then Osman was, for me, he was he was a he was a starter on the boys constantly, really. In the it was a, he, Osman showed the consistency that Davis has never shown in his time so far. But maybe the loan could be the difference because I don't think Osman was necessarily consistent before. I don't think he got really got in the team much until he come back from his loans. You know, I think you know, and the difference between. Osman and Davis is Davis has kind of been thrust into that into this team because it's all we had at one point, you know what I mean? He, he, you know, we lost Andre Gomez, we lost JT Gabarman, we lost you know, we've we've lost new We never players. we never had Schneidlin or Sigurdsson. Exactly, you know, we've never had them, they've disappeared, we lost to this again. He's been thrust into this role which isn't his position. Does he get a chance to go and redeem himself away from the club for a little bit, come back a better player? And then we use we use them properly. Is that is that an option, or or is it too far gone now? Well, I don't think it's too far gone. On the it's two there's two schools of thought for me. On the one hand, obviously that that could happen. You could never rule that out with any club. Because I I I would have sat here a year ago and said Mason Allgate can't make it at Everton, and I'd have been wrong because he's he starts to turn it around now. But the problem I think the benefit for Tom Davis is right now um, he'd struggle to find a position in this Carlo Ancelotti team. But if he sticks around, you know, I hope not. But he could come back and Carlo Ancelotti is not the manager if he went on loan, because that's the way the club's been going for the last few years. You know, we've changed managers regularly. We're hoping we don't this time, but there's no guarantee we won't. But what will work against them in that Osman sort of comparison is Osman was a lot more flexible in his position. Like, if you remember, Leon Osmond was a right midfielder, an auxiliary right midfielder, for the first couple of years he was in the team. Then he went to centre midfield, and he was probably never played in his proper position for the whole time he was at Everton. He was probably... He was a number 10, really, but... 
in his own mind a number 10, but he, he made, you know, his first half of his career was on the right of the five-man midfield. And then the second half of his career, he was part of a double pivot with, you know, Darren Gibson or, or whoever it was, you know, or Gareth Barry at, at times in a 4-2-3-1. Tom Davies, if he goes out on loan and performs and comes back, if we've still got Carlo Ancelotti, he can't play on the left of this of the four because he's not creative enough. We need that to be a proper, you know, creative player. He's not going to suddenly come back and be creating chance after chance. He can't go on the right because that needs to be a progressive attack and player. That needs to be the third striker. He's not fast enough to do that, and he's not going to come back with three stone of extra muscle. So he can't go in the centre of midfield because he'll get bullied and knocked over. So there doesn't appear in this Everton team to be a suitable position for him, even if he was to go and play well. He'd have to come back and we'd have to have a different formation or a different manager where we're playing five midfielders again or at least three centre midfielders where he might get a position where he thrives because he's not like Osman who can slot in here and there and, and you know, just make it work. That's a good point. That's a really, really good point, actually. We, I mean, we've seen Tom Davis try it out on the right wing and the left wing and it's never gone well. Mm. I mean, the one thing I will say is, though, there is the one... Sort of possibility is if he does go on alone, as I think Rob said before, toughens him up a little bit. Could he come back and maybe have a centre midfield role if he does toughen up? If he does, he needs that. I think he needs that player next to him who will do the dirty work for him. I think. I think. I think there's one thing. I think. I think Terry's right there. There's one thing. What Tom Davis is, he's not a tackler. I don't think he'll ever will be. I think he's more of a. You know, he's a ball player, isn't he? At the end, at the end of the day, he, he reminds me. It's, it's like it's a bit like Gravison, and if Gravison didn't have muscle, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not a bad comparison. Gra- Gravison, Gravison was a walking yellow card every game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but he's he's got it. I think I think he's got to go somewhere where he where there's no pressure on him as well. You know, he, he gets slaughtered week in week out, and. If he if he does go away, he's got to he's got to be playing in a team. The, the loan's got to be right for him. It can't just be palming off to anyone. It's yeah, it's got to be a it's got to be a team that uses a four four two system. Yeah, it's got to be a developmental team role for him where he where he knows he's going there as a starter and he's not just there to fill fill, fill some championship team boots because they're yeah. short, short on players. It needs our our scouting system and our and our you know Marcel Brands would need to make sure that that move is perfect for him. It can't just be anyone. He needs that um, John Joe Kenny to Schalke type loan, doesn't he? Like, you know, European side where he'll get more time on the ball to like show what he can do and grow as a player. But they need a centre midfielder, so he will play. Like, Schalke needs the right back when they got mm. Kenny, so they knew he was going to play and it's at a decent level. It's not like, you know, I think Tom Davies, you know, despite what people say, I, don't, I think he's too good to play in the Championship. I think that time's gone, he's too old now. So like you, you know, you can't play hundred games in the Premier League, then loan someone to the Championship. And you're like, I just don't see it happening. I just don't see the player going for that. I don't see the um, that being a any benefit. Yeah, to be fair though, Holgate had similar before he went to West Brom. Did he have he hundred appearances? I don't think he did. Not not hundred appearances, but he brought he made his first appearance for Everton before Davis did. Yeah, but the the, the thing was as well with Holgate. Holgate hadn't nailed down a position. It was like, what is he a right back? Is he a, the right of a three? Is he good enough to play centre back? He sort of went out there and learned a little bit of his trade. Davies wouldn't be going to learn where he plays. He'd just be going to get game time away from the glare. So we, we're not expecting him to go out abroad, say, and play as a winger. We know he's going to play centre midfield wherever he goes. He wore a deep. We know a lot more about Tom Davies than we did about Holgate. So I personally, I mean, I, I wouldn't be against them doing it, but I just don't see a championship loan being what he what would work or what he'd go for because he'd probably see himself as a Premier League player. It's interesting though, but what does he what does he and himself look look at himself and think now? What does the future hold for me? Because it, it, he he must be knowing now that his his time sort of running out to make a breakthrough at Everton. Mm, I think the club I mean, probably know that as well. You know, I think I think the club would be aware of that, really. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 on low wages, so I can't see the club being in any rush to um to sell him. Like, he's not like you know some of the the hype wages players who aren't contributing at all, who are desperate to get out. He's he could just be someone who like that um 
that Dominic Calvert Lewin tax where you just like to keep your just keep your uh, one of your two strikers who's doing the business for you happy, just keep his mates around on a low wage, a little um little uh, like a, like Balassi was brought in to keep Lukaku happy. I think you know they could that, just that, see... that, that, that was definitely the case now you look at it though. Yeah, one hundred percent. At least he won't cost you know Davis won't cost the money that Balassi did. But um, I could see Davies being available to go. But I think he of all the centre midfielders we've got, he's probably the one they'd want to keep. Actually, I'd say. I think ability wise, it'd probably be Gomez. But I think on a spreadsheet on pure numbers basis, I think they're all for sale. And Davies would be bottom of that list to sell. He's probably on the least amount of wages. Like, I'd obviously, I don't know what they're on, but I'd, I'd put me life on. He's been a lot less than like Delph or someone yeah. like that. Definitely on less than Sigurdsson. Yeah. Oh, God, Sigurdsson. I mean, you know, it's a good job I've already got the Sigurdsson review out the way, otherwise Terry would be frothing at the mouth again. You say, I, mean, I mean, I just wish West Ham were coming for him or someone like that. Someone who you know will pay the wages. For him because he's just a waste. Oh, please, New, Newcastle, please, Newcastle. Yeah, someone like that, yeah. Just, I, 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 that's why I wanted Swansea to come up because I thought if they come up, they'll buy him they, back. They, they what about Leeds? Leeds or someone maybe? Nah, Leeds, he's not good. Oh no, Leeds are like warehorses. They're not going to buy a freaking exactly, yeah, crap like him. Yeah. Nah, all right, yeah, fair enough. I mean, Tom Davis though has been linked to Newcastle like earlier on this week. I'm not sure what you make of that. Sounds like paper talk to me, but uh, it's exactly it's, what it is, Rob. That's exactly what, what it is. But, but what would it was it 12 million? 12, 12, 12 million. That, I think, I think, I'll be honest, I think that's a pittance. Do you? Premier League, yeah. No, I, I think, I think I, I'd, I'd bite their hand off for that for him. I really? think that's the top end of what you can expect for him, to be honest. What, what's he done to, to justify any more than that? I think be English and play in the Premier League. Oh, see, I already think that cost got the English tax on it, to be honest with you. I really see do. that. That's weighted there, but now you've got COVID nineteen, which is just balanced it again. It doesn't work like like the, the English um, tax has been wiped out by you know no one's in a stadium tax. So I think um, twelve million would be the, towards the top end of what you'd get for him. I think you're looking between eight and twelve. Personally, yeah, so he, hasn't done, he hasn't done anything, has he? Like, what, you can't, what, like what, if you're asking you me, then we should definitely be hanging on to Tom Davis for another season because. If we could maybe get 15 or 20 for them next season and keep the player on the lower wages, like you say, yeah, that makes perfect sense. If we were to buy that Matty Longstaff who's just left from them, but say he was still there, if we were to buy them, how much would you say he's worth? Or Sean Longstaff? Even about either of the Longstaffs? Yeah, about 10, 15 million. They've done less than... They've done, they've done about the same as... Davies, like I know he's played more games, but he hasn't. So he hasn't like scored goals. Davies and like that. Sean Longstaff has played less games than Davies, but he's just achieved about the same. So I'd say about twelve is about right. Like, but obviously last summer the inflation for Sean Longstaff when he was getting linked with Man United was about thirty million, and they just went, nah, no one's going to pay that. But I think now you'll see players, you know, any peripheral players are going for a lot less. Just sold Snadlin for about what, you know. Three million, of, something like that. Cup of tea, like you know what I mean. Like he's, it would be, it's, it's for. I think for at least a year, you're going to see the English tax evaporate. Well, we've got to be a bit more clever then, and got to bring a few in of our own. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Like you'd like it to still be. You'd like you'd like to be selling high, but I don't think we are. I think everyone's uh, since everyone's looking to buy low now. It's going to hurt us. Yeah, I mean that's that's it. Yeah, we just got to see what happens, but. On the note of Tom Davis, we'll leave it at that. We'll give our scores out of 10. Rob, what would you give Tom Davis out of 10 for this season? Uh, four. Four. And the reason I'm giving a four is because at least the effort was there with him. Is it like the, it's like that Bart Simpson gift, like at least you tried. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I'll go four. Terry, what about you, mate? All the fours, 44, I'd be the same, four. Absolutely chronic, but he tries and his heart's in the right place. Yeah, I mean, I I was going to give him a five, to be honest. I I was, again, maybe I'm a bit more... I think I'm very much in the pro-Tom Davis camp, even though my patience is wearing thin, and I'm happy to give him one more season to maybe prove something. But, yeah, I'll give him a five. 
I'll be a bit more positive. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. 4 4 5. It's like the, the amount of players we need on the pitch. That's the formation we need to play if we've got any chance of winning anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there you have it, guys. Tom Davis gets a 4 to 4 and a 5 from the jury on this one. Let us know your opinions. Let us know your scores out of 10 for Tom Davis. And now it's time for our second player performance review, and this time it's Richarlison. Start with you on this one, Teddy. No second season syndrome, was there really, for Richarlison? It was pretty impressive for the second season. Yeah, um, went from strength to strength. Um, I think he pretty much, you know, settled the question of where's his best position. You know, last season he played up front by himself. And he, you know, he backed a goal and all that didn't really suit him. But then as soon as December this year, well, December 2019 came around, Duncan Ferguson put him up front with Calvert-Lewin. Just went on from there. Absolute quality player. He's, he's for me, Everton's best player, easily. Uh, and he's going to have some career. If he carries on the way he's going... He's going to go right to the very top. It might not be at Everton, but he's he's a Champions League player easily, and we've we've got him for the for the time being. And I just hope we can keep holding for as long as possible because he's quality. Yeah, Rob, what about you, mate? Uh, watching on, what have you made of Richarlison this year? I can only really echo what Terry said. Really, he's our best player. You know, he he's, he's there's no the doubt about that, is there? Yeah, he's the player who you look to. You know, when when things are things aren't going so great he's the one who pulls it off the bag and you know he kicked a few times out last season I remember just before the lockdown after we played Palace at home and we went ahead and then come out played second half really really sloppy and they got one back and it was him who changed the game for us ran the length of the pitch and put one in the bottom corner he, he's that he's just that player he's that impact player that you want on your team he's a snide you know he, he's he's everything that Everton fans team. love Everton fans yeah. love everything about that. Ty- that's the, the exact type of mould of player that an Everton fan wants to see playing for Everton. Yeah, yeah, and you know he's like that. I just hope we can keep all them as long as possible. But I think if the time comes when we do have to sell him, I think I think he'll be fair, Everton's first hundred million pound player um, when it comes to it. Um, or if it comes to it, you know I hope it is it does. We can give him Champions League football. That's a, a long shot, but. He reminds me, he's that he's 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 a completely different kind of player, but he's got that aura about him, that's it for me, that's him pay lad. Everton fans absolutely love him because he just pulls it out the bag all the time for you. You know, he scored what 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 did he end up on in the season? Was it twenty? Uh, sixteen goals, 16, I think he got. You know, sixteen goals. No, sorry, fifteen in the Prem. I think it was about like seventeen, eighteen and seventeen, eighteen. Oh, Pulls it out the bag all the time for you, you know, and he just he leads the team for me, and he plays out, and Everton players should play, and it, he just reminds me of Tim Taylor in that sense. Like yeah, Everton fans just idolise him, and when he's on the pitch, you're in with a shot of winning. That, that's all. That, that's, that's all it. Reason. That is it. It's very much like Tim Taylor in that respect. I think you our know, chances com- of our chances of winning games of football are instantly better when he's on the pitch. Yeah, you know, he's a completely different kind of player, but. In terms of impact, he he reminds me so much of him. In terms of how he, you know, what what he what he does on the pitch for him. And drags drags the team forward, but like by the scruff of the neck at times, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And I know there was in a way like Romelu Lukaku did the same, but he's very much does it in the sort of kale sort of manner where there's it's not really it's all about hard work as as well as ability. Yeah, I think. You look at you just mentioned there about Lukaku, and for me the difference between Lukaku and and Richarlison is Richarlison turns up in the big games. You know, he, he, his goals are vital. Whereas don't be wrong, Lukaku's goals were vital, but six three against Bournemouth, that that's not that kind of vital. Do you know? Do you know what I'm trying to say? He, he's he, he's more for me. He's more important than him. In terms, yeah. of how he, in terms of how he, in terms of his contribution to the team, he, he doesn't he doesn't really go missing the Charleston. At least he's in there for the, he's in there scrapping. You know we'll try and try and try, 
And I yeah, it's, it's working. And I think that's what I mean when I say that that's everything that an Everton fan wants to see from a player when they pull on the Everton shirt. Yeah, it's, I mean, it doesn't matter how bad, how well, or badly you play. You've just got to graft until the final minute. Yeah, he's a proper, proper Everton player, isn't he? Like the way, my the comparison I think of is uh, this. I've got to preface this. I'm not saying he's as good as this player because he's not. But the the way he is, Richarlison, it's like this is what I think Rooney would have been like if he'd have stayed. Not only was he like the best player on the pitch, and he like he scores the best goals and he creates chances for the opposition and he chances for other players. It's the player the opposition worry about the most. And it's not just about his attack and ability. Like he's in, as as Rob said, he's he's in there for all the scrap. He's fighting for the yeah. badge. Young Rooney was incredibly aggressive. Yeah, and he he's, he'll take like Rich Allison, much like Rooney was when he was at Man United. Um, you'd see him turn up at right back defending if he needed to, mm. or like you know he's the first to throw his head in for a, you know like defending a corner and stuff like that. He's just that combative. You know, proper Everton player, and then like not only that, he, he gets the club as well. Like you know, his interactions online with fans, and like gives you know every every game he gives a fan a, a shirt in the crowd to a kid. And he's going, that's a proper Everton player, and it's you know, I wish we had, I wish we had twenty of them because honestly, he gets it, and that's why that's why he's connected with the supporters in a way Lukaku never did. Lukaku scored well more goals than him, and was I think more important to that Everton team because the rest, as we saw when he left, the team collapsed without his goals. Richarlison, I think, if he left, we'd be half the team. But when Lukaku left, we were 10% the team, you know what I mean? And But Richarlison's got a connection that Lukaku never has because Lukaku, we were just very much, he was passing through. Like, I'm here before I get my big move back to like the top, the, the big time. And I don't even hold that against him. That's fine. But I think Richarlison, you know, He's, he's on Twitter he's the other just, day. He bought asking he bought, people to Photoshop Neymar into an Everton kit. That's because he's got Everton on the brain. Uh, Lukaku wouldn't like he broke out in a sweater, but uh, second he got an international duty, he didn't like to he like, used to blag that never played for Everton. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a brilliant point. He really does buy into the club, doesn't he? And I think that that that'll mean whatever happens in the future, whether he moves on or not, I think he'll be remembered as one of the Finest players of the certainly the Premier League era forever, and I think he's 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 heading very much in that direction if he carries on the way he's going. I think yeah. I, Everton. I'm, I'm, I'm meeting me words on the Charleston as well. I remember the day you know he signed for the club, and I was really underwhelmed by it. To be honest with you, um, you know I thought, I mean, whatever you believe is 35, 50 million, whichever it is, I thought that was a massive outlay for a player who faded after seven or eight games in his first season and, and really struggled. But obviously, Marco Silva put all that faith in him. And, and you know, he repaid it last year and he repaid it again, you know, in the season just gone. And let's hope he's even better next year. Yes, to be fair, I'd argue this is this season he was even better than last year, yeah, yeah. even though the team probably weren't. I think he was, I think, I think what he did this season was he, he kept his, his, like, his, strop, his stroppiness. I thought, yeah, he was. He sulked a bit in his first season, didn't he? You know, when things weren't going well, and, but this time he was, he kind of put that to one side and just he, he rubbed through brick walls for you. Him and Dominic, him and Dominic Harvard, they were up front at one point were were absolutely lethal, and and you know, long may it continue. Yeah, I think that's the one situation that for once we don't go into a we don't go into a season thinking, oh God, we badly need a striker. How, how yeah. often do Everton fans go and see? Oh, we need a striker. We need a striker. We actually, you'll like, still see that. You go on Twitter, you'll, you'd see that if we had Ronaldo, Messi, and Mbappe. You go, <laughs> yeah, but you need you need four, don't you? I think I'd like to see by <laughs> We will never ever. We need, be we, need, we need that Lewandowski as well. Yeah, honestly, um, mate, that, that's an Evertonian case. That there's always some fans somewhere who think we need a striker. Well, we're we're not, a, Scott, it is literally we're not getting enough goals. We need a striker. Yeah. Alan Shearer thinks we need to strike. I don't know. Alan Shearer said it, and I know that, that that was actually what I was like dropping the ends at there. To be honest, because like that astonished me. Uh, uh, uh. Imagine having a gun. Imagine having a gun in a war, and it's empty of bullets because you're not you know you're not creating any chances for them. What what he needs is another gun. Well, doesn't he need bullets? Nah, he just needs two guns. That's what he needs. <laughs> two empty guns. That's the uh, Alan Shearer, and who's the other idiot? Um, McQuist said it as well. Um, McQuist, yeah. When they were on Amazon, it's like, yeah, I think they need to go and get a striker. Like, they're actually paid. To, yeah, they're actually Honestly, paid. Honestly, yeah, well, 
Well, let's see. To be fair, Alan Shearer should know that better than anyone because he was a really good striker who had rubbish service off crap players at Newcastle most of the time. See, I think, I think as well. What, what, what did he get between them? What just shy of thirty goals for two players? Well, yeah, I think there was. Charleston got 17 and Calvert Lewin got 15, I think. Yeah, or, or he got more than 30 then. You know, there's not many not many teams in the league outside the top six. Probably where both the strikers get chip him at that amount, you know, chip him at that amount of goals. You know, and, and you know, long may it continue. You know, I've, I know Calvert Lewin didn't have the best restart after the, you know, after the, the, the COVID break, but he still got himself into good positions. And he's still, you know, the child and still fed off it. So as long as one of them banging him in, that's that's, that's good enough for me. That's why right. you can't you can't argue when you when you've got straight two strikers who can do the business. That's yeah. it's a massive and step forward. But we just need that midfield now to, to get a grip. If, if we if we get a if we get a midfield which can actually provide service to these strikers, I think you'll see more from the from the pair of them. Yeah, it'd be nice to see both Richardson and Calvert Lewin do a bit more than feed off scraps. Mm. Yeah, you know, you look at the you look at the goals they scored last year. You know, a lot of them were set pieces set, pumped yeah, set into the area. And, yeah, you know, the 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 sort of hit and hope. There's no the, the, there wasn't a lot of either of them getting in behind from two balls or anything like that. Or it's a good job. It just shows how, how effective they are, really, that they can feed off them kind of scraps. Yeah, I mean, God forbid we actually buy a midfield and we, you know, you <laughs> never know. Uh, anyway, we'll leave it at that. Uh, Richarlison, score out of 10. Rob? Uh, nine. Teddy? Nine. And I was going to give him a nine as well. It's a nine, nine, nine for Richarlison. Call the plot. <laughs> uh, Joe, Joe Anderson's ringing up as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, And now it's on to our final main segment. Um, we're going to look to the future this time. We're going to be looking ahead to the transfer window and doing a should we sign video. In this segment, we're going to ask, should we sign Alan from Napoli? We're going to run through the potential pros and cons of any possible deal that we might strike for, Alan. We'll start with you on this one, Teddy. What do you think Alan will add to our squad? It's a strange one, really, Alan, because when you look at you know what we want in the centre of midfield, like the first choice target was Hoiberg. And then, was, it, was, was he really, though? Yeah, it was. It, it, it was, wasn't it? It was like it was widely known that they were after Hoiberg. Like it was reported in like you know, the, the best sources that you know you can have, to, like you know uh, Paul Joyce, you know the Athletic lads and and what have you. And but Allen is not the same type of player as Hoiberg. So Hoiberg is more like to put it simply, he's more like a Schneiderlin who will sit in like that six role and provide that structure. Whereas Allen is all over the pitch. Allen's and, Allen's like a gunner, isn't he? Yeah, he's 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 that sort of mole where he's going to be, you know, flying everywhere, breaking up play, you know, sort of. I don't want to say box to box because that's an overused expression, but like you know, a combative. No, he's he's more of a Ghana mold, I think, isn't he? He's, the, he's, yeah, he's just a yeah. tackler of it. And and to be honest, given what we got out of Ghana, I wouldn't complain about that, especially when you compare it to the dross we've got in the middle of the park right now. Yeah, he he, he you know. On the face of it, he'd be a massive step up in quality on, on what we've got in the middle at the minute. Um, he'd you know he'd be put in alongside Andre Gomez, you would assume, and just have Andre Gomez sort of collect the ball off the back four like he was doing after the restart and let him let Allen sort of you know get about the pitch. Whereas I think if we'd have brought in like a Hoiberg, we'd just switch that round and we'd rather a holding player take the ball off the back four. The only... I, I think if Hoiberg came in though, I don't think there would have been a place for Gomez. Possibly not, no. Um, it could have been Gabamon and, and Hoiberg. We don't obviously know what Gabamon's going to offer yet, but I, for me, I worry about the Allen deal because, yes, on paper, it's a massive quality you know, boost, but he's 29 and the, not the resale value as such that bothers me. It's just how many players leave Italy 
I know he's not Italian, but how many players leave Italy when their best years were in Italy and go on to be great somewhere else at a late age? Like usually, like he's leaving Italy. He'd be leaving Italy at twenty nine. Will he be able to cope in a Premier League midfield battle in a two? There's no guarantee. I could be completely wrong. It could come in and go, oh yeah, he's he's quality. Like how did you ever doubt him? I do have my doubts though that it's that he'll adapt. Not that not his ability. Some players are brilliant in some leagues. You know, like look, look at Diego Forlan. You know what I mean? He came here, was terrible he was in this league. And he, he was brilliant in La Liga. Yeah, it's it's it, I'm I can say we're going to get a bit of that because if that does happen, you won't be able to move him on again because of his age. Like the reason we could got we very quick, very quickly recycled Klasan. Vlasic and Luckman is because they were all young enough to other clubs to be attracted to them. We bring in Alan and he's no and he's not good enough or he doesn't doesn't adapt. Another club's not going to give us twenty five plus million for him. So it's just about backing your manager. I think if Carlo Ancelotti um, turns around and says, "Listen, I know the risks, but he's exactly what I need to make this team better." And what we ultimately want by hook or by crook is to make the team better. Then you've got to back them because we backed some absolute um, punters, and you know why? Why, why, yeah. why would you've got to back the, the real, you know, an actual don when you get one if you're going to back Marco Silva. Plus, I think that's a, the important thing is that Alan has a brilliant relationship with Ancelotti as well, and I mean, I know we've we've brought in Richarlison because he had a brilliant relationship with Silva, and we've done this with players uh, when managers have had. We've always brought in players who were close to them from previous clubs, but. When it's Carlo Ancelotti, you can't argue with players who he rates. No, I mean, definitely. I mean, it's also got to be said as well, you know, if Ancelotti's coming in and you know, the plan is for him to be, you know, he's kind of got a four and a half year contract and you want him to be long term, he's got the best chance of all the managers we've appointed since Moyes, at least, of being a, the next long term Everton manager. Then, you know, one of his lieutenants straight in. You know, it might be what he needs. It might be the first sort of building block for the rest of the team. Like, not everyone has to be, you know, 18 to 21. Like, you are going to need some older players. It just has to be the right one. This effectively could be what Delph should have been. Like, it could be that player who comes in and, like, stabilises the centre of midfield and he's sort of, like, different formation and what have you, but comes in and he just has that calm head who sort of knits the rest of the team together and leads this group of young players. You know, yeah, even... I, can, I, can, I can just see it now. Alan's going to be there next to Richarlis and, what, what, and shouting, what's, what's Portuguese for there? Have some fucking respect. Yeah, exactly. Like, is... Alan's got... just going to be the, the, the <laughs> Brazilian Fabian Del. That's what I mean. If, you, if, you, if you're bringing in, if, you, if, you play, if you're starting, you know, Holgate, Calvert-Lewin, you know, Moise Keane, Richarlison, Wobi, sorry, but you know, all these young players, someone like um, Alan, if he fits the bill and he may, and he, you know, he adapts, then he could be that one that leader on the pitch. And that's clearly what we've not got. We've not got a proper leader as an older we, we need, We need young players like Jesse Lingard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Well, yeah, I think Al- Alan's definitely the, the mold of player. I think he's probably got. As all the players go, he's probably one of the more well equipped to suit the four four two because he's a he's a grafter. Well, he's done it. Ancelotti knows exactly where he plays in in his system because he's had them before. So it's just it's just the only question mark is about his adaptability, not about his quality, not about his mentality, anything like that. It's just whether he will go from Italy to England at twenty nine. There's no guarantee, but I mean, let's hope so. We've 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 got so many older players in the past and so few of them work out, you know, Rooney and, and um, Delph and whatever. We've got to get one right eventually. Our signings have been, literally, I think since Gareth Barry, they've all been wretched. Well, if you look at our older players, none of them lead the, the younger players. Like Sigurdsson and Schneidlin and Delph, they're all absolute frauds who went missing in games and, you know, cost us points and, like, you know, look at look at Schneiderlin and Sigurdsson and that, you know, FA Cup derby. Look at, like, you know, friggin' Coleman got himself sent off against Burnley, was it? And, Delph you know, telling people to have respect and lumping yeah. it into the stands to give Newcastle a thing two got goals got and out of time. Got himself sent off at Watford needlessly. Like, the older players are the ones who, who don't show the leadership in this club at the minute. And if you could 
get rid of a lot of them, bring in Allen, and he is a proper leader, that he could have a huge impact on Richarlison, Holgate, etc. Yeah, I think that that may well be what Carlo has in mind, because if you, I think we've had this discussion about Carlo in the past, haven't we? He's always seen the value of a good captain, a proper leader. Yeah. You, you know, you'll, you'll look out, just people mentioned there about his age and things as well, and, and don't be wrong, I know part of our plan is to bring in younger players and to, you know, to get a young team, but you do need that little bit of experience in your team who'll be there forever. You know, you look when, when City signed Fernandinho, he was, he was no spring chicken and he's arguably still one of their better better players and he's adapted by dropping back into centre-half at times now because he knows he hasn't got the legs to run it in midfield, you know, so hopefully he can have that kind of impact or if I'd love him to have the, a similar kind of impact that um, Fernandez has for United, just coming in and just settling the team down and making them a better team. And he, if he's going to do all the dirty work and all the, you know, the tackling and the chasing down, that leaves Andre Gomez then to go and be the player that we want him to be. So I'm all for signing him. I've got no, I understand the concerns with it, but. As a club, I don't think we're in a position at the moment to be, you know, to be worrying about things like that. You know, if, if like you said, Terry, if Carlo Ancelotti wants him, you get him. You know, he's used them before. He's de- in this he's de- he's played them in this system before as well. That's important. That he's not played them in a four-two-three-one. He's not played them in a four-three-three. He's played them in a four-four-two formation, which is what he said he's going to do with Everton. So go out and get them. Pay what pay what you need to pay what you need to pay. Yeah, I think that that's a very good point as well. That like you know because in this era where four four two is not on vogue, if you like, there's not many midfielders who are suited to it. So yeah. that does make the market difficult for us. Yeah, especially I wouldn't disagree with that. Especially in centre midfield, you might get wide players who can adapt to it. But centre midfield, it asks a lot of you, doesn't it? Really does, yeah. And then you know, I think I think when you think when you're looking at if you bring someone in like Alan, you could arguably switch Gomez and Gabamon around then because they're potentially going to be a similar kind of player. Or there's got there's you know I heard when Gabamon first first signed that he could play centre half as he turned into a centre half. You, you know you don't know how it's, how it's going to work, do you? You know, but th- there'll be a combative side to the midfield. Then if he comes yeah, in, and I, that's, and that's I think what we've missed. What... I think that's what Everton missed Steely, and I think we've missed it since David Moyes, really. I think the squad lacks versatility. A lot of our players can't adapt to other roles if it's asked of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You look back to like Alex Ferguson's teams, even, dare I say, across the park, they always seem to have players who are willing to like swap positions and you know just sort of mix things up a little bit. I don't, I don't know if our players have that tactical versatility. So I don't know how you know that about Liverpool. They don't even get injuries, so why do they have to do it? <laughs> no, I mean, they stick like Rigi goes on the wing and does bits. Like, I think you are right there, though. I think as a club, as a club the, the team does lack versatility. You know, we've tried playing Gilfie Sigurdsson, I think, in every position apart from in goal. But he's not, cut, it, them, he's he's, not cut them up into any of them. You know, Dave, uh, Davis, he, we were discussing Davis before, same. Yeah, you know, they can't, they can't do it. And I think, I think... We need players who can do that, but before we do any of that, get the basic sight and get yourself a combative midfielder, which we've lost. We haven't had since Garner Gay, and we've massively, massively missed them. You know, it, it was cruel what happened to you know JP JP Gabamon, and you know you hope he'd come in and and uh, and still have some sort of career with us. Whether you know to what level that be remains to be seen, but get Allen in and get this midfield fighting again, mate. Because if, if I know we've been with Gabriel as well from uh, Gabriel Mangalas from from Lille for the best part of like ever now, and it, for me we don't need a centre half. We need a midfielder who protects that the group of centre half that we've got already. We've got a good centre half in Mason Allgate. We've got a decent centre half in in Yeri Mina. And Michael Keane started playing all right now um, in this four four in this four four two. And then you've got the emerging of Brandt as well. Which, which, so we don't need a centre half. Get a midfielder in who can protect that back four. And it, I think if we get Allen in, I think you'll see a massive, massive improvement. And you'll see an improvement in Andre Gomez. And you'll see an improvement in the wingers as well because they'll be, be able to create chances more because they've I mean, got someone doing the doing the dirty work for them. I mean, we, we will need wingers as well as Allen, though. I think we we do need more service coming from the flanks. 
yeah, wouldn't disagree. You know, I think we've got, I think we've probably got one for me, one out and out winger, and that's Theo Walcott. I think the rest of them, I think, I think Awobi's probably better off playing centrally, which we can't accommodate with a 4 4 2. I think we've got Bernard, who uh, I hate to say it, but flatters to deceive on that left hand side at times. Um, I think he's more suited to a central role, but again, we don't play that way. Um, so you are right. I do think we need some some proper out and out wingers. But I think yeah. the center, I think the center of the park is the is the main, you know, the main. We, the we need to improve the spine of the team. Yeah, get that sorted. Get that sorted, and the rest will just fit into place. Yeah. Um. So is Alan the answer? That we'll finish with that. Is Alan the answer? For me, it is. Yeah, he is. I I I, I pay what he wants. Not my Teddy. He, he could be. I hope so. I certainly wouldn't pay what they want, but um, I wouldn't. I'd be happy to get him. How much would you just pay? It's pay what pay them what they want. That's the thing, you know. You know, I understand what you're saying. That you said you mentioned before about co- about the COVID price and things like that. But if we want to play, if we want to play it, and a club's got a valuation of them, you've got to meet that valuation. At the end of the day, you don't know. You can haggle in some respects, but if we're desperate the way we are, we can't. We can't start. The Premier League season in four weeks' time, or however long it is, with that midfield, because we'll just get an eye. They'll just walk through us like they have done. We need the players in. Let's not let's not ask about here. Let's not, you know, let's not haggle over five million like we did for Sigurdsson for that for that best part of two months when when we signed him. Just go out and sign and put put your money where your mouth is and go and get him. You know what I mean? Marcel Brands is there to do a job. I understand he's there to get value for money, and you'll get value for money if you get the right player and get these players in. I think that's the thing. Let's not forget. I mean, when we bought Richarlison for fifty million or whatever, we were the laughing stock of the whole league. Everyone thought we yeah. we spunked a load of money on a really like a really overrated player, and he's he's turned out to be our best player. I think no one laughs about that price tag now. No, you know, and, and like like I alluded to before, I think if the time comes and we've got to sell Richarlison, I think you're looking at hundred million plus. I think he'll be our first 100 million plus player. Obviously, that won't be the case with Alan if he has a good two or three years because he'll be 31, 32 by that point. But at the end of the day, he could address a major issue in this side, couldn't he? In the short term, yeah. You know, you bring you bring Alan in, you get let's say let's say what is he 29? So you get you get three you get three good years out of him. Within them three years, you bring in a younger player to to shadow him as a you know towards towards the end of those three years. And then you utilize them. Then you get the bit. You know, you you run his contract down if you need to. You extend it where you, where you need to. You don't. He doesn't have to have sell on value if he's done his job. At the end of the day, at that age, and and, and it, it's the leadership is understated because we haven't got leadership in this team at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, you know, I I I actually on Twitter, someone alluded to the fact that they'd make him captain straight away. And you know what? If he's got that impact and he's got that experience, and he, and why the he, hell not? He, he can lead. Why not? Well, can't do not? it any worse than some I'm of the si- people who I'm sick- disgraced the club at the by wearing the armband. You know, I'm sick of I'm sick of Gilfie Sigurdsson having the armband. I'm sick of to be honest with you, I'm sick of Seamus Coleman having the armband. I'm sick of having I'm, players. I'm, wait, I'm, I'm waiting on that, Rob. To be honest, I'm sick of having players who who after a defeat come out with this rallying cry, and it's reactionary rather than. You know, rather than going yeah, out. Yeah, why don't why don't why don't you give this rallying cry at half time when we're getting yeah, beaten? We, we get getting, a response to the second half. Yeah, I'm sick of having captains who are cowards, basically, and and at the, we we toss it around too much as well. For me, I mean, he obviously had no intentions of staying, and 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 it's fair play. But you know, Leighton Baines for me was the was 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 my choice of captain coming into this year. Um, or he'd be club captain certainly anyway obviously not team captain because he wouldn't have played that much but I'm sick of having captains who are cowards and you know what Seamus Coleman I'm sure he's a lovely fella Phil Jagielka I'm sure he's a lovely fella Phil Neville I'm sure he's a lovely fella I'm sure Gilfie's alright as well to talk to but he's not a captain he's not someone who grabs that team by the scruff of the neck and goes and wins your games I'd have I'd I'd happily have Richarlison or Holgate as captain I mean they'll get in they'll get in players faces I think Terry, you, this is your turn to say your PC because I know you're very much of the assumption that the captain's role is a more of an administrative role than on the pitch, aren't you? No, it's not more than that. I just always um, 
it's obviously the, the first and foremost that's on the pitch. But for me, I think the the idea of you know give him a, the captaincy, you know, because he you know, like Holgate, give him the captaincy. It's like yeah, but he might not want to do all the stuff that comes with it off the pitch. Like like you know you got to hand the fines out for players who are late and stuff like that. It's it's a lot more to it than that. I think you can still have leaders on the pitch who haven't got the armbands. The, the one thing I will hundred percent you know agree with though is I never want to see Gilfie Sigurdsson ever again. Player who hides on the pitch and shits out the tackles, you know what? You can all, you know, a lot of clubs have got players like that. They're not all got the armbands on, so I don't want to see Sigurdsson again. But if if Alan was to come in and you know ever captain the team in his first season, much like you know Roy Keane said it when he when he saw Harry Maguire had the captain's armband this season, you know when he'd only just arrived, said I think that says a lot for the players who were already at the club. So if Alan comes. And he puts the armbands on at any point, it will speak volumes about the rest of the lads there. So it'll it'll be something to keep an eye on if he does come in. We'll see Gilfie Sigurd some points and I'll just point at him and point off the pitch. That'd be nice. <laughs> just growl at him. <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah, there, there you go. Wait, what's Portuguese for have some respect? <laughs> As I was saying before. But for you podcast listeners, you know what comes up next. We are finishing with the classic Matchday Squad quiz. Tonight it's the classic quiz, a debut for Rob Astle up against the veteran Terry McAllister. Basically, I name the Everton fixture from the past and our two competitors take it in turns to name the starters and the used subs from the fixture. And the first to name and answer that's wrong is the loser and forfeits the game. And then our winner gets to pick a song to see us at the end of the podcast. So, yeah, have you got all that, Rob? Did you register that? Go on, let's do it. Let's try it. Let, let, let's, just win. let's just wing it. We always yeah, go on. <laughs> first things first, we're going to decide who goes first. I'm going to flip a coin, and this week I'll let first-timer Rob pick who, who goes first. Heads or tails, Rob? Uh, I'll go heads. It's tails, so Teddy gets the nod. Teddy, do you want to go first or second, mate? I'll go first, please. Teddy's going to go first, so now we've sorted that, revealed the fixture in question. Time to cue the intense quiz music. There it is. And tonight's fixture is a throwback to a real thriller back in the Roberto Martinez era. Barnsley 3, Everton 5, EFL Cup second round, 26th of August 2015. Teddy, you're up first, mate. You've got 11 starters and three substitutes. You substitutes to choose from. Crikey. What year was this? It was Everton, Barnsley 3, Everton 5, EFL Cup second round, 26th of August 2015. Uh, this could be a quick one, this. Um, I'm going to say Leon Osman. It was very quick. Oh. Rob, you, Rob, you haven't even had to say a I've word, never did... and you've won your first ever quiz. I, at least I know. I, you know what? I had one. I had one player. That the, the one I was going to say because he started and he got hooked at half time. It was Aidan McGeady. Is right, yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, he, that's it. Yeah, that was the game that finished them, wasn't it? Really? And was it was it Joe, Joe Robles started in goal? Was Joe Robles who Joe started Robles in was in goal? Yeah. yeah and it was, Joe, was was it George Jones' was... last game? No, it was, but it was the one where he got called a rat at half time because he was the place yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, that, it was like, it, yeah. I think it was like, uh, was it uh, uh, sorry, after that game where he was like crying in the service station and all that? Sort of like yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, what we usually do anyway, even when Teddy obviously forfeits the quiz after like one round, <laughs> we, we usually carry on anyway and just try and get who else we've got. So I think you've just got a few there anyway, Rob. So if, if anyone was in doubt that you were going to be the winner of this one, I think you've just nailed that home there. So, a very good, a very good debut nonetheless, there, Rob. So we've, you've said Joel and Stones, McGeady as well. Teddy, got anything else to add? Um, Aruna Kone. Aruna Kone wouldn't have got you anything either. He's an unused sub. Oh. So you, you can have used subs then. Only yeah, yeah used yeah. subs and starters. I've won, the last few, I've won the last few weeks. I've come crashing down to earth here, though. No, the, the, that, that was a real hammer blow. You got the first one wrong. <laughs> Rob, Rob's won his first ever quiz without even answering a question. L- Lukaku played, didn't he? Lukaku, he scored, the bench. L- yeah. Lukaku scored a hat-trick. 
Yeah, Stephen Naismith. Yep, Stephen Naismith got one of the other goals. Teddy. Kevin Morales. Yeah, Morales got the fifth. It's like it was Morales, then Naismith, then three for Lukaku. So you got all the goal scorers. Uh, we've still got one, two, three, four, five. Five starters and the three subs. Delafeu. Delafeu was one of the subs. I think he came on for McGeady at half time. Um, Tony the Shoe, Hibbert. No Tony Hibbert. Oviedo. Oviedo was a starter at left back. Um, Who's the other centre half? Sylvan Distan. No Sylvan Distan. Well, I'm bad today. <laughs> so what are you what are we missing here? We're missing four starters now. Yeah, four starters left. Antolin yeah. Alcaraz. No Antolin Alcaraz. Oh, what names out now. I remember they get he started he started some kids. I'll help you out a bit there. He started a kid. Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley was what was a used substitute. He was the other sub who came on at half time. Was Matty Pennington playing? Matty Pennington was the kid. Was he was and he was actually a kid back then, not like twenty six now he is now. Yeah. <laughs> playing still yeah. playing for the under twenty three, but like yeah. Did he get he, did he get hooked at half time yeah, as well? Ross Barkley yeah. come on for Pennington at half time, I think. One of the other players who you've yet to name moved to right back for the second half. Yeah, you've got two more Mo starters. Bessage. No, he wasn't even there, was he? No, you're right. It was Mo Besic. Oh, was it? There you go. You need, you need, thought, you need, I was thinking Terry, sure Terry, you, need, you, you need to doubt yourself more, mate. No, I thought that. I thought Bezic went to right back once for Martinez, didn't he? And then, yeah, to be honest, you gave me that massive clue. So, yeah, uh, I'm not actually sure if it was Bezic who went to right back. I think he stayed in the middle, and the other fellow went to right back. So yeah, there's one more starter who moved to right back, and then there's one more you uh, you sub to pick as well. Bezic is uh, is back training today, isn't he? The only chance yeah, he's got yeah, is if he converts himself to a right back. Oh, really? Is the other starter? It's easy to forget this fella actually played for Everton now I think about it. You gave us a clue. Tom Cleverley? Well, it's Tom Cleverley. There we was go. Was it, yeah? Yeah, Thomas Cleverley. Tom Cleverley. He was a forgettable player and I just thought Tom Cleverley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the, you've got one more used sub to get. Was it Baines? Was Baines one of the subs? No, Baines wasn't one of the subs. No. You give us a clue what position it was. It was another midfielder. Gareth Barry. No, no, Gareth Barry. Darren Gibson. No, Darren Gibson. James McCarthy. It was James McCarthy. James McCarthy. Bloody hell. Yeah, so, guys, we've gone through some midfielders, haven't we? I know, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was the team. It was Joel Robles, Matty Pennington, John Stones, Phil Jack Yelka, Brian Oviedo, Mo Besic, Tom Cleverley. Aiden McGeady, Steve Naismith, Kevin Alas, Romelu Lukaku. The used subs were Barkley, Delafeu, and McCarthy, and the unused subs were Tim Howard, Aruna Kone, Mason Holgate, and Tyus Browner. There you go. But how, how was that, Rob? You didn't even have to answer the question, you just won a quiz. <laughs> Easy. To be honest with you, barring the goal scorers and Aiden McGeady, I just remember Aiden McGeady being absolutely woeful in that game. Yeah. And, and then, but after that, I'd have probably struggled. I'd have never got Mo Besic. I'd have got, I, got the, I think I'd have got the three goal scorers yeah. and McGeady. It was a tough one, that. A really tough one. And I think, to be honest, Rob, we need to get you and Terry back on for the same show again. We need a rematch for that, because... Fair enough. I, think, I, don't, I don't think you were given a fair crack of the whip there, to be honest, Rob. <laughs> but, no, but nonetheless, you do win the quiz, and it means you get to pick a song to see us out at the end of the podcast. So, have you got a favourite song in mind that you'd like to uh... see us out? 
didn't know this was going to be asked of me this. Um, see, this is the, 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 the we always drop bombshells on this. Oh yeah, bloody hell. Um, Tell you what, aviation last shadow puppets. That's my choice. Either on in the gym before. That's shadow puppets. Aviation. Yeah. We'll we'll see you out with that then. Thank you guys for tuning in on the Toffee Blues, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>